a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Veterans Affairs is phasing out the department in charge of community care programs. What does this mean for veterans and their ability to access and choose their medical care? Darren Selnick, a senior advisor of Concerned Vets for America, joins us on the show now to discuss the issue as well as where the administration is headed when it comes to veteran health care. Darren, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So let's talk about some of the, the shifts here. Of course, the uh, the community care program was really something designed to give veterans really more choice in terms of being able to go to uh, doctors they preferred or people that are in their area. Uh, what's the current status of it, and where does the administration seem to be heading in terms of that program? Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, just so you know, I'm the former senior advisor at the Department of Veterans Affairs and helped create the uh, the law and implement the law that, that put together the current community care program in office. Um, we have a lot of, lot of problems. Uh, there is a website that the VA put together called the Mission Act website, which was the one-stop shopping for veterans to get all the community care information. They, they already decommissioned that. They took that down. And then they announced they're decommissioning the community care office um, and going to put it up something brand new that no one has any idea what it's going to do. Um, veterans, the bottom line is, is we've seen a big decrease in the number of appointments that veterans are able to get in their, in their, in their care um, in the community and long waits to get that care. Um, so it's been a big, big problem. And, and the reason we have the Mission Act and the reason we have what we call access standards is to make sure that no veteran should have to wait too long or drive too far to get their care, because uh, delayed care is, is a big problem. There was a recent article in the, in the Journal of American Medicine that talked about delayed care, and that for those reporting delayed care, 57%, they experience negative health consequences as a result. So that's the point of this. Veterans shouldn't have delayed care. It has big health consequences, and we've seen a flu full-blown effort from the VA to limit community care as much as possible and to keep that facilities, which is delaying their care. Yeah, and that uh, that is just unacceptable. I, th- I think the country has debated this in the past, and I think everyone agrees when it comes to our veterans, uh, nothing should delay that, nothing should slow that down. Uh, everything needs to be efficient, effective, and give our, our veterans the, the maximum amount of choice in terms of, of doctors and services, and again, so they're not having to travel and make those decisions, as you pointed out, Darren, that ultimately end up in bad outcomes. Uh, absolutely. That's why we're so concerned, because, um, you know, this office is operational community care, and, and we need to dismantle it um, and, and farm out half its employees to non-operational areas. You have to really wonder what's what's going on. I mean, you don't even like the title of community care so much, you won't even let an office have that title. Um, we've seen FOIA results which has shown a consistent pattern of the VA canceling veterans' appointments and rescheduling and denying them the care and causing delays, um, faking the wait times, um, and, and pretty much trying to talk veterans out of community care, 
um, and, and all sorts of things that, that have shown the intent of all this. Um, and so it's, it's really troubling. And unfortunately, we've also heard the stories from veterans around the country um, about those problems and how that's hurting them. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the one thing we have to, to recognize is that there is politics in, in all of these things. We know there have been many in our nation's capital who have worried that the trend uh, of giving veterans more choices uh, and more options would ultimately lead to privatization or increasing costs and expenses. Uh, but we know that the solution is not more government, is not a, a, a bigger centralized decision-making process in terms of someone's health care. Uh, so what is the path forward? What, uh, what are some of the things that you're working on and doing so that we can make sure that our veterans are absolutely getting the care they need when they need it, where they need it? Good question. I mean, I part of the design of this was similar to the TRICARE Prime Program, which is DOD, which I have, which is uh, government facilities and community care. So if run properly, it runs well. Uh, the dollar should follow the veteran, and no one's into privatization, but everyone should be incentivized to do a good job, and no veteran should have their care delayed. So one of the things we're supporting is called the GAPS Act, uh, which was introduced both on the Senate and the House side, which would take the access standards and make them permanent and in the law, therefore making sure that veterans have their their right to uh, get community care in a timely manner um, in in the law, and so that it couldn't couldn't be changed. Uh, we're also, uh, you know, pushing um, to have make sure that the, the VA fixes. Uh, it's broken policies and training so that veterans are deemed eligible and offered to commit care and not trying to be spun off. I mean, we don't care where the veteran goes. We just want to make sure the veteran has the opportunity to get their care, whether it's the VA or in the community, in a timely, quick manner. All veterans should have timely access and quality care, and it should be up to them what works best for them, not for a growing bureaucracy uh, that only really cares about, you know, its own uh, budget and its own staffing. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the GAPS Act. You said that has been introduced in both the House and the Senate. Any status or or updates or things we should be tracking there? Yeah, it, it was uh, inter- introduced by Senator Moran, uh, ranking member uh, in, in in the uh, Senate, and uh, uh, ranking member Boss in, in, in the uh, in the House. Um, the, the VA has been opposed to that which we don't know why they would be opposed to it since the access standards are in the regulation and they're required by law to have them. And, and they work really well when, when veterans are allowed to do it. Um, and we're also supporting other fixes um, to the VA uh, Mission Act in terms of making sure claims are paid, veterans have better education on, on their uh, benefit and those sorts of things. Um, but the main thing is uh, veterans should have the opportunity to know when they're eligible. That's what the law requires. And to be able to make the determination, you don't fight for your country and put your life in line uh, to be told that you have to be trapped in a system and you don't have the ability to get the care that you need when you need to get it. Yeah, I think when it comes to our women and men in the military, we give them very clear missions. We give them all the resources they need and the strategies to be able to execute whatever that mission is. And then we keep our promises to them when they come home. Uh, and we keep promises to their families when they don't. Uh, we have to have all of those things in place uh, for those who regularly put themselves in a harmless way uh, so the rest of us can enjoy the, the blessings of freedom. 
Darren, thanks so much for joining us today. Again, Darren Selnick is the Senior Advisor of Concerned Vets for America. Uh, and this is a real crucial area. Our vets deserve to be able to have access to the care they need, the way they need it, where they need it, uh, and not have big delays or big travel things that often get in the way of the right care and getting the right outcomes uh, for those who have uh, stood up for our country. Darren, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Again, I think that is uh, one of the crucial tests of our country is how do we treat those uh, who have been on the front line for freedom, Uh, those who are part of our military, especially those who have come home, and whether they have physical injuries or emotional, mental issues, uh, there's a host of things that they're going to deal with. And we need to make sure, uh, as I said before, that we give them the equipment and the tools they need, that whenever we send them into harm's way, we give them the right rules of engagement, a very clear mission. A lot of the things we heard uh, said about Colin Powell uh, since his passing yesterday, that we need to ask the hard questions before we send our brave women and men into harm's way. And then we absolutely have to, we must keep our promises to our veterans when they return and to their families when they don't. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for listening to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, Roger Porter from Harvard's going to join us. He was with Colin Powell in July, giving him an award. He'll share some of his experience and insight with Colin Powell coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.